Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns, one of the pastors here at Compass Point. With me again, lead pastor Paul Eastwood. How are hey. you doing, Paul? I'm doing great. Great. We've we've yeah. done a bunch of these, and we're going to do another one. I um, know. It's awesome, and I love having these conversations and talking yeah. about what we've been uh, been wrestling through. This has been a great series, I think. It, it has. We've, we've heard from some people, but I know even in conversations we've had, like there's there's things that are challenging us here. It's a, People oh, often yeah. think maybe the preacher, oh, gets to preach from a position of they know everything. And no, like I, <laughs> I've oh, been yeah. journeying with you. You're learning as you're preparing these things, and you're you're being challenged. And, yeah, 100%. Uh, and I, I, think, I think actually this week's message really touches on the idea that that has been most um, thought provoking for me in this, in the sense of like, you know, we've always thought of evangelism as being very like process oriented. It's yeah. like, I have to do this and this and memorize these sayings and, right. and be ready to draw a picture and do all these different things. And then people are going to accept Jesus. Right. And, and I think what I've been wrestling with is that um, is especially today, the people that we come in contact with, uh, they want to hear our stories. They want to hear our experiences, mm-hmm. and they want honest, uh, you know, conversation that uh, that helps them understand who Jesus is. And I think that we can do that. And when we do that, I think we can be tremendously helpful uh, to the people around us. Yeah, yeah, but it's challenging, right? Because people aren't machines. Systems work really well for machines. Uh, right. You know, you've got. We've got, for instance, when we record this podcast, I've got to order, I turn things on and like, there's a right yeah. way to do it and a wrong way to do it. But when we boil evangelism down, sharing our faith down to that kind of thing, it just yeah. it doesn't work because people are complicated and wonderful and beautiful and they've got histories and opinions and personalities. And yeah. so like you talked this week a little bit about being in the flow, about yeah. what it is to be yeah. guided by the spirit of God in these conversations, because we certainly can't do it by ourselves. So, right. so talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, this is something I'm learning and, and I'm not an expert by any means. I'm just reading a book and I'm listening to what Andy Crouch has been writing about this. And and so I've just been kind of picking up on it and sharing what I've been reading. Um, but yeah, this idea of being in the flow has a cost to it. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a, an emotional physical cost to getting into the flow. But once you're there, it's tremendously satisfying. And the flow is really that moment where everything is working together and working in sync. Okay. And so the I use the illustration of biking. Um, you know, where everything kind of starts a bit disjointed and wobbly at first, but then when everything is flowing and muscles are pumping and blood's going and, you know, heart's pumping, everything is in sync and it just works and Mm -hmm. you're in the flow. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it's easy. It just means that all of the work and all of the effort are sort of, you know, funneled into this one specific purpose and it just feels right. It's, it's satisfying. And, and Andy Crouch in his book um, uh, talks about this idea that, we're in this kind of, we, we tend to want something what that he describes as the superhero zone, mm-hmm. which is uh, more output with less effort. Yeah. And so he talks about the difference between being in the flow and he uses an illustration of like the gas pedal on a car. Right. And all you have to do is just slightly move your foot and you have instant access to power. Yeah. And so we have this idea as we, you know, in, in our modern culture, we, we kind of feel like everything should work this way. Of course. But it doesn't relationships don't work that way. You can't, you can't just like push a button and have instant gratification. Right. Um, because it's, it and in the end, it's not as satisfying. Like in the yeah. moment it feels good, but then you want more, you want to push the gas pedal again. You know, there's, there's this weird kind of thing that happens. But so. this is actually something that if I can say is, uh, is unique to our time and place in history. Uh, yeah. Um, because I mean, 
you know, we've talked before about the microwave and the role of the microwave and how we want kind of microwave faith. We want things just to go, well, like microwaves are relatively new. And you know, what's even newer is smartphones and social media and the ability to Google anything, right? Like we, we do have these magical little devices that convince us that, that power comes with no effort, right? That it's not, we don't need to work to get the flow. We don't need to learn how to do things. Um, We can just do it. And like, in some ways, it's true. In some things, it seems like it's true. And I think, I actually think social media gives us this impression with people. It gives yeah. us this impression that relationships are magic and it's easy to have access to power. But in fact, they're not. And I think the more time we spend on it, I mean, we're watching some of the downfall of social media right now in the news. Yeah. Um, I think we know we, we need something more. We need something deeply human, but we don't, we kind of don't know what to do with it. So, yeah. so you pointed us, what, what does it look like to get in the flow? Yeah. When, and, and so I talked about this idea of getting in the flow, um, when it comes to our, our, uh, spiritual formation mm. and, and because, and again, this is something that kind of comes and goes, you don't kind of get into the flow and then live there forever. Right. Yeah. Um, the flow sort of is, is this momentary kind of place where you, where everything is in sync. And I think that's helpful for us to remember because, um, because this kind of work that I've been talking about is hard, is difficult. And so when we talk about evangelism, I would say evangelism is difficult at times, oh, yeah. but not in the way you think. Because a lot of people would say, oh, well, it's difficult because I don't know what to say, and I'm not really sure how I'm going to share it, and I'm, you know, maybe I get it wrong, or maybe I don't say the right thing at the right time. Mm-hmm. And I would say it's difficult because of the preparation. Like, it's difficult because we mm-hmm. need to be in a place where we're prepared already to lean into the power of the Spirit in the interactions that we have with other people. Right. And, and that takes a certain amount of blood, sweat, and tears, if you will, yeah. on, on our side. And that's why, you know, we talk about this idea of a rule of life, right? Mm-hmm. And a rule of life is, we've talked about often, you would probably be able to quote this with me, it's, it's a place where we're able to make space to welcome and respond to Jesus. Right. That allows us to have access to the Holy Spirit and His power in our lives. Right. And we need to make space for that to happen, mm. right? So, you know, getting back to this analogy of the of the flow and the, you know, the superhero mm-hmm. zone and all that kind of stuff. In our minds, like you said, we don't have to go to the library to, like, do research. We just need to open our phones. Everything is getting easier and easier and easier. Mm-hmm. And so in our minds, we're like, sharing my faith with others, it should be this, like, easy thing. Like, right. someone's probably written an article about it. There's an I app can, for that, right? Yeah. Like, there's got to be an app. And... Oh man, that's a whole other thing, eh? There's an app for that. <laughs> right. Really? No, that that that, you know, kind of hits deeply because I think for when it comes to sharing our faith, we have to move away from our tendency to want things instantly and to want to, you know, push things towards a systemata- systematized kind of approach yeah. and instead lean into relationship right. and focus on love. Yeah. And those things take time. Yeah. In fact, um this is a kind of a funny thing, but the the, there's a, a Japanese philosopher who uh, who said that the speed of God is like three miles an hour, which yeah. is the speed of walking. Three mile an hour. God. The three mile three mile an hour God, and that's the idea that like Jesus was this embodiment of God who moved at a pace that was at a walking pace. Right. And we're like taken off. We're like going so fast, a thousand miles an hour, and we're like, why isn't like God showing me? You know, like how to? Why isn't He here with me? Or why isn't this happening? And it's like. He's like, I'm over here. Like, yeah. 
it doesn't mean slow down to the point of like not doing anything, but it means slowing down to provide space for God to be the engine and then moving forward, right? And and we have a hard time. I, maybe I'm speaking for myself here, but I think I can say we I have a hard time believing that like slowing down to that pace is actually effective. Like we we've kind of bought into this lie that like, well, I need to amplify my message and my influence. Um, and Andy Crouch elsewhere makes the point that Jesus never once, except for maybe on the boat when he talked using the, the power of the water, yeah. never once uh, used things to amplify his message beyond human connection. Right. He never wrote anything down. Right. Like we, I mean, Jesus wrote something in the sand and then brushed it away, right? Like yeah. that's the closest we've got. Jesus' followers wrote down what happened, but like, you know, if Jesus was around today, everyone would be pushing a publishing deal and you should start a podcast and you right. should, and it's, we're having a podcast right now. I'm not right. saying these things are bad, but like we want, we want evangelism to be microwaved. We yeah. want it to be superhero. We want to, I yeah. mean, you, you use the example of, uh, of biking. I think of skating cause I'm a really bad skater. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, I watch people who know how, to, know how to skate and you know how to skate. Um, and I'm like, Oh man, like it would take so much work for me to get there. So maybe instead of being a bad skater, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just not going to skate at all. Right? right. Like, and I do, I think I sometimes do the same thing with evangelism. Sure. Well, it's a lot of work to kind of get comfortable with it. So maybe I'll just leave it to someone who loves evangelism and I'll go over here and do this thing instead. Yeah. But that's not what we're called to. Right. Yeah. It's funny. I, I, you know, one of the, one of the things that I, sometimes when you, when you prepare a message, you start studying some things and then you don't get to them. And, yeah. and I spend a lot of time thinking about trains, um, which is very interesting because okay. Okay. I thought more. about, so, um, trains up into the 1930s were steam powered, right? And the way that a steam powered train works, as you know, you've probably watched Thomas the Tank Engine. Um, with kids or something, you know that there's a firebox and you mm-hmm. have to load the coal into the fire and just kind of keep this thing burning. And then that heats up the water and that's what the steam powers the, the yeah. machine. And you can get a tremendous amount of power out of it, but it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of upkeep yeah. and it's, it, you know, it, it requires this constant tending to the firebox. Um, diesels came along starting in the 1930s. And then in the 1970s, I think they call it the dieselfication or something of the United States is when, when diesel trains took over, but diesel, uh, the, the diesel uh, engine changed everything because all of a sudden you just push a button, right? And the machine Mm. works and it's far more reliable and it doesn't break down as easy. And it doesn't require you to like have a shovel, you know? Right. And so, and, and the reason I'm telling this story is because I feel like our spiritual lives are kind of like a steam engine Hmm. instead of a diesel. We want it to be a diesel. We want our spiritual lives to be kind of revved up and just ready to go when we push the button. We want the gas pedal. Right. But it takes the shovel. It takes, takes the work of like digging in and, and making sure that the logs on the fire and making sure that things are kind of rolling. And so I feel like, you know, the, the engine for us is really about a firebox, you mm. know, not an internal combustion, right. <laughs> you know, engine. Unfortunately. And, yeah. 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 And so that means that, that means that it's going to take the work. Right. And, and I think, you know, that's probably, um, a way of reminding ourselves that if we're going to develop that spiritual life, that's what it's going to look like. So remind me again, Paul, what does it take to pick up the shovel in this instance? What does it take right. to do the work in my life and to, to find that flow and not just kind of wish for superhero powers? Right. So, okay. So we've gotten way too far into this and not even mentioned what I was really talking about on Sunday. And that's simply prayer. In Colossians chapter four, um, Paul says, devote yourself to prayer, being mm. watchful and thankful, right? So he has this idea. And, and, and I, 
there are lots of ways that we can get ourselves in tune with the spirit and pick yeah. up the shovel as it were. But I gave one example of, of a practice that we could all do better at. And I think for most people, we can actually, there's, there's a lot more that we can do. And so mm -hmm. I would encourage you to take some steps, even this week, to just pray a little bit more. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I found really helpful in my own life was uh, developing little sentence prayers. And I remember um, I was in a leadership conference uh, out in BC at Arrow, and I was learning about, we had guest you know, preachers coming in, and we had this one guy come in, Mark Buchanan, who's written a bunch of books and stuff, and he's, you know, uh, and I, we were sitting in the hot tub with him, <laughs> just kind of hanging out in the middle of the night. Cool, cool, and, cool. Uh, and he's just like talking about spiritual life and how he was figuring some things out, and he talked about these sentence prayers, and it was a life changer for me because hmm. I've always found my brain is like, going in a million different directions all at the same time. And I'm kind of like squirrel. I get like totally distracted. And <laughs> so, and so I like, I have this, this practice that if I'm going to go into a meeting, I, I pray quickly yeah. ask, it's that kind of Nehemiah thing. It's like, I prayed to God and answered the King. Mm -hmm. I, I want to like, I want to, I want to bring God into these circumstances by just saying, God, help me to be aware, help yep. me to see what you want me to see. And then just kind of going, going yeah. with it. Most of us can't adjust our lives instantly to make a half hour prayer time available before we start anything. Right. right? But right. a great option is to just like, yeah, God be with me. Give me presence. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Right. And, and then for those of you who uh, have a regular practice of prayer already, I would encourage you just to expand that. And mm. specifically when it comes to sharing your faith, you know, maybe move into this idea of praying for other people and um, putting people in your life, in your neighborhood, in your work, in front of in front of the Lord. And yeah. and I think that is is a way that we can begin to understand, um, you know, sharing our faith even better. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you didn't talk a ton about listening prayer on Sunday, so I, I want to ask you a little bit about that because because I think this is this is part of it, and it's part of prayer. It's kind of the like. It, in, in my world, it's the harder part of prayer. I'm good with words. I like to talk. That's fine. I can ask for things. I can say the right things. To just stop and to slow my brain down enough to listen and to be able to mm. discern where God's calling me. And I think this is, this is actually pretty key in evangelism and entering into relationships. Again, because they're not systems. They're people. And we kind of need the Spirit's prompting. Um, how, do we, how do we develop that? Is it the same kind of thing as like a... a, a, a Sentence prayer? I don't know, is that yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but just like a, I'm going to take a minute of silence. God, if there's anything, make me aware of it now. Yes, um, in some ways. And I'll ask, I'll turn this around and ask you the question too. So maybe you can be uh, thinking about it. Mm -hmm. But I, like, I would say that in one sense, yeah, you can kind of leave space like that. But here's here's the thing. If we're not careful, that becomes sort of the the microwaved version, right? Where we where it's like I don't have a lot of time right now, so God just like put mm. it in my head, like right. tell me what I need to know right now. Yeah. Uh, you listening? Hello? Nothing. Uh, nothing. Okay. Fine. Yeah. And it's like if we are the kind of people who constantly have the shovel, who are you know digging in mm -hmm. and and investing in our relationship with God, then we can be the kind of people who step back and listen for God. Right. If you are not someone who is engaged regularly uh, in practices that are helping you welcome and respond to Jesus, mm -hmm. then I would suggest you probably don't just sit back and wait for it. It's, it's the equivalent of saying like, right. you know, like, should I just open the Bible and point to a page and then have that be the thing mm -hmm. that God tells me? It's like, I'm not really convinced that you're in a place where you may want to, where right, you're ready right, right. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But okay. does that make sense to you? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, I, I think so. so. I mean, how, how have you found listening prayer to be effective in your life? 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's really one of the things that's helped me in my prayer life is recognizing, um, like there's a both end of prayer. Like it, it both takes extreme intentionality to pray and it can be done while I'm doing other things. Uh, and, and both can be taken too far, but like I, I have found, uh, the practice of listening prayer for me, part of that is on my morning walks with my dog mm. with reverb. Mm-hmm. Um, it's silent. It's uh, like, again, <laughs> dogs are a lot of work. Paul, you and I have talked about this a mm-hmm, lot, but mm-hmm. there's there's um, something wonderful about the rhythms of getting up every morning with with this animal that needs to go out and like walking. I walk around our park by our house um, and, and, you know, I observe things, but I also try to just make myself aware of God's presence and say like, okay, God, I don't know what today holds or I know some of the things today holds, but like mm-hmm. if there's anything like just speak to me now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm just going to be here. I'm going to be out on this walk. I'm going to try to keep my mind clear. Um, and as you bring things to mind, like, I'm going to try to pray about them. I'm going to try to, oh, yeah, that person. Oh, I've run into that person a couple of times. God, like, give me give me the words for the conversations. And again, dogs yeah. as a tool for evangelism, great, fantastic, <laughs> yeah. right? You know. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what I've tried. And so what do you hear in those moments? Like, so is it like you just kind of be, it, God brings to mind a person in your life mm-hmm. and then you start praying for that person or like God oh. brings to mind, uh, you know, something that might be inside of you. Like, man, you're angry these days. Like what's going on? And yeah, and I'm like, eh, yeah, yeah. Why and, am I? And I'll say this makes it sound like I'm just like in communion with God at all times and I'm super spiritual. I am not. It's mm-hmm. often like, Oh, got distracted again. Thinking about this thing. Sure. Oh shoot. Oh, now I'm thinking about responding to an email. I was just checking Instagram, right? Like yeah. super not helpful. But yeah, in those moments when I am kind of in the flow, um, there, there is a sense of like, Oh yeah, you're bringing this to mind mm, and I'm seeing this in myself. Okay. God, can you help me with that? Can you yeah. be with me in this? And like, this is a conversation I'm not looking forward to. Can you, um, what is it? What is it I need to bring to this conversation? Can you guide me in that? Yeah. Um, so I, I think, that. I think that's really, yeah. Yeah. Helpful. That's, that's really helpful. And I think one of the things that I, I didn't mention enough on mm-hmm. Sunday that I'd, I'd want to reiterate is, is the importance of praying for others right. um, who are also sharing their faith. Yes. And I talked a little bit about inviting others into that process, mm. um, you know, and, you know, having conversations with people about the conversations with people that I'm having, you know, like um, not, in, not in a voyeuristic way, but no. just in a, Hey, can you help me out? Cause like I've been working, I've been trying to have a conversation with this neighbor of mine and mm-hmm. I always feel like it's awkward and, you know, can you just be praying for me and my, and my neighbor? And, yep. and I, I think that, that's something that we can get into the habit of doing. And probably as of this week, maybe one of the things that I was weakest at, you know, I mean, our church, our, our staff meet every week and we do pray for um, people around us and those kinds of things. But I think that in my own time, I would, I want to grow in my, in, in praying for other people who I know are uh, working towards sharing their faith uh, with people that are around them. Yeah. That's great. So uh, we're almost out of time, but I'm wondering if actually we close with something a little different today, Paul. Um, I'm wondering if we just take a moment of silence to kind of center ourselves and put us in God's presence. And if you're listening along, I'd encourage you to do this. I know it's weird. Uh, and then, Paul, I I want you to close us in prayer. I want you to ask God to help us to be aware um, yeah, and to be to be in the flow, to be in line with the Spirit and what God's doing in our life. So why don't we take a take a minute now and then we'll pray.
Heavenly Father, um, God, we are we are people that are often often just filled with words. Um, we fill our space with noise, activity, uh, maybe YouTube videos, Instagram feeds, um, whatever it is that that just keeps the noise in front of us. Father, I pray that we would be reminded that when it comes to being helpful with our our friends and our neighbors um, and sharing our faith, that in those moments, God, you would uh, just provide clarity and space, you know, like a um, like a drop of oil on the water that just kind of separates and, and pushes things to the side so that we can have space to hear from you. God, I pray for those of us who are listening to this, who are having a, dif- having a difficult time right now, um, creating that space, um, perhaps being uncomfortable with silence. I pray, God, that you would help us to hear from you in some really amazing ways this week. And God, I pray that you would inspire us as we listen uh, to share our faith with the people that we come in contact with. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Paul. Uh, And thanks for everyone listening along. We will be back next week uh, continuing the series with more Postscript.